Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Farm Talk with Dairy Gold Quality Feeds. Trusted by generations of farmers. Dairy Gold Quality Feeds. Putting your animal nutrition needs first. Welcome to our programme. I'm John O'Connor. Coming up, big turnout for recent meeting on Bovine TV Alert, forthcoming meetings, seminars and the Progressive Farmers two-day conference. But our top story, John Coughlin, Munster Regional IFA Chairman, with dates and times for the regional open farmer meetings on the CAP budget. John, thank you very much. Look, I suppose IFA have been on a campaign over the last 12 months to the cap budget increased. I mean, as every farmer knows, there is a reform of the Common Agricultural Policy taking place in 2019. The uh, roadmap for that has been produced to some extent by the EU Commission. But uh, IFA's stance from day one has been in relation to the budget, first and foremost, of the Common Agricultural Policy. Um, as people know at this stage, I suppose, there has been proposals to reduce the budget, we in IFA have clearly stated and campaigned for the last 12 months that the cap budget needs to be increased given the fact that uh, farm incomes are so low and given the fact that uh, the cap budget has never taken account of inflation. And I suppose from that in general, what IFA has decided to do is to have a number of regional meetings around the country. Uh, there was a few held in late December, there's more of them being held now in January. and. To that end, I suppose, look, there's two of them being held in Cork in the next week. On Thursday, next Thursday, January the 17th, in the Castle Hotel in Muckroom at 8 p.m., the, the first meeting is taking place, and the second meeting is on Wednesday, the 23rd of January, in Corran Mert in Fermoy. Now, both of those meetings are open to all farmers. Their president of IFA will be uh, at the top table speaking at these meetings, and as well, look, what the meetings are going to do is outline the campaign that we've had up to date in relation to the Common Agricultural Policy budget. And secondly, look at some of the roadmap that has been devised by the European Commission as to where they want the CAP to be going forward. And I think, look, there are a lot of issues there for farmers. They need to be discussed uh, openly, and we will have people there to outline what the EU Commission is proposing on the night. The ANC areas of uh, natural constraints, the old disadvantaged and severely disadvantaged areas, the restoration of funds which had existed before would be one of those objectives of the current CAP budget review. You, you want to make sure the ANC is fully recognised for the value of this to the environment. If we are trying to keep people in rural areas, well, for people who decide to farm in mountain areas, well, they should at least get some type of living money. 
Absolutely, John. Looking as must, there has been a review of the ANC area areas in uh, in 2018, and most people at this stage know whether or not they are in ANC land for 2019 or not. And as look, we are going to discuss the ANC. Um, scheme on the nights as well because look there are a number of farmers who would have lost out maybe on the ANC uh, criteria and there are also the, as you said it's the issue of the ANC budget and look we, we all know as farmers that the ANC budget was cut by the Irish government in 2009 during the recession and to that end we have campaigned for the last number of years to get that reinstated and we did get an extra 20 20 million back into it again this year but we uh, we're, that ANC budget is still short and I, I think look, as you have said look it's about rural Ireland it's about keeping jobs in rural Ireland it's about keeping people living in rural Ireland and it's about keeping the landscape of rural Ireland the farmed in the way that it has been farmed in the past so that we maintain the uh, the criteria for tourism we, we maintain the land in good harbour and we maintain uh, a productive uh, sector in the rural economy and I think that is critically important and as you said look ANC payments are there in order to guarantee people a proper living we want to ensure that that continues and that those who need it most are going to get a top up The feedback in Brussels if they see very well attended meetings if they see a very reasonable demand for restoration of funds and if the European Union through our MEPs etc see that there is an awareness and positivity towards the situation in rural Ireland, well, they're far more likely to take all this into consideration when they're forming their cap budget. In the background, we really are dealing with a lot of unknowns with the Brexit situation. If there's a good farmer turnout, that's the most important thing at this stage, and it'll go back to Brussels. Look, this is a hot issue in Ireland. Absolutely, John. Look, I mean, uh, any of these issues are about farmer power. It's about showing our politicians and those who make the decisions how serious we are and how difficult the situation is at ground level. And I think, look, that's why IFA, being the national organisation that we are and be having branches in every parish in the country, that's why we're going around the country with these regional meetings specific to CAP and ANCs so that we can show the Eurocrats the, the difficulties that farmers are having and we, we need the support of our farmer members to come out to these meetings and to give make their views known so that, uh, that we have a real genuine consensus as to where we should be going forward Please remind our listeners where these two very important meetings are taking place, the dates and the venue First one is on Thursday, January the 17th in the Castle Hotel McCroom at 8pm and the second one is on Wednesday January the 23rd in Corrin Mart Fermoy at 8pm and both of those meetings are open to the public and the President of IFA Joe Healy plus a number of other speakers will be there to make presentations on the night. Thank you very much indeed Mr John Coughlin the IFA Munster Regional Chairman. Thank you John, thanks for the Farm Talk on C103 with John O'Connor. Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, Mr. Richard White, PRO Cork West Ploughing Association. Details, Richard, of tomorrow's match and results from McCroom. That's right, John. Uh, and uh, uh, McCroom Ploughing match was held on Sunday last at Calgary Courtford on the lands of the Healy family by the kind permission. Uh, it was an excellent day. Grand, grand field, I suppose, a bit gravelly underneath, but uh, it ploughed up very well and conditions were, were excellent very dry overhead and uh, very mild 
and uh, very dry on the foot. So, you know, you couldn't, couldn't ask for better, really. Um, there was a large turnout of, of plowing people, or uh, 52 uh, competitors, um, including uh, Coleman Cogan, who came plowed in the horse class and came all the way from Mayo, and um, so David Grattan, who came all the way from County Down. So there was a, there was a very w- widespread competitors. And uh, everybody was very pleased with their day out. And now the results are as follows. In the senior class, uh, first, Jim Grace. Second, Kieran Corkley. Third, John Murphy. Fourth, Jackie O'Driscoll. And fifth, Dennis McCarthy. The intermediate class in first place was Johnny O'Donovan. And second was Stanley Dean. And the under-28 class, uh, first was Aidan O'Donovan. And second was George Kirby. In the under-21 class, first was James O'Sullivan. Second, Eno Farrell, and third, Andrew O'Donovan. In the ladies' class, first was Rachel O'Driscoll, and second was Ellen Nyhan. The two for reversible senior class, first was Liam O'Driscoll, second, George Coakley, and third, Michael Witcherly. The two for reversible under 28, uh, first was Florence Witcherly. The three for reversible class in first place was Tim Lawler, second, Pardig Welch, third, Dan Hurley, and fourth, Jerry Creedon. The three for a conventional class, uh, first was John Cohen, second, Matthew Coakley, and third, George Kelleher. The open hydraulic vintage in first place was Dennis Cummins, second, Michael Ryan, third, Michael Welsh, fourth, Michael Comey, and fifth, Marashihi. The confined hydraulic vintage in first place was Ita Wiesema, and in second place was Sean McCarthy. The trailer vintage class first was John Wolfe, second was David Cratton, and third, Aeneas Horn. Uh, the single for a first was Gordon Jennings, and second, Damien Ahern. In the horse class, first was J.J. Delaney, and second, Coleman Cogan. The marker class, uh, first place was David Welsh, and second was Dennis Cooper. The local, three for a standard class, uh, first, Con Buckley, second, Paul Creedon, third, Daniel F. O'Riordan, fourth, Willie Lyons, and fifth, Johnny White. Uh, the local three for reversible, first was Patrick Buckley, second, George Coakley, third, Alan Lynch, fourth, Donica Bottomer, and fifth was Sean Bottomer. So that, that was uh, an excellent turnout in 52, comparison in, in all. And um, on tomorrow Sunday, then the match is being held in Clannacilty, uh, and uh, it's on the land of... Um, Thomas and Annelies and Nyhan held the Kashlishka. The entries are to Gordon Jennings. I think it will be signposted from Fernhill House Hotel. It's, it's just about a mile up the road from Fernhill House Hotel. And the entries would, uh, all the entries would like to be in uh, by 12 o'clock on today's Saturday. Mr Richard White, PRO, Cork West Plowing Association. Thank you very much, Richard. Thank you very much, John. A calf care event takes place on the farm of John Kelleher, Deshore, Terrellton, McCroom, County Cork. And the reference there is P12 FW65. That's on Friday, 18th of January 2019 at 11am. Speakers from AHI, Animal Health Ireland, Chagask, Volac and Dairy Gold Cooperative Society are sponsor. Topics will include calf scour, symptoms, causes and preventions, Yone's disease and the newborn calf, Safe handling and transportation of calves off-farm. Calf housing. All welcome to attend. Mr John Horgan, 
Chagask Regional Manager Cork West who will chair the meeting. For further information, kindly phone Chagas McCroom at the following number, 026-41604. That's 026-41604. And that's in conjunction with our sponsor, Dairy Gold, Cooperative Society, Calf Care and Volac, and also Chagask, of course. There's a warning for the Irish Farm Forestry section from the IFA Farm Forestry Chairman, Mr. Vincent Alley. He is concerned following reports of the discovery of the species H-toothed spruce bark beetle ips typographus in the south of England towards the end of last year, 2018. Mr. Nally said the discovery of these H-toothed spruce bark beetles represents a high risk to Ireland where Sitka spruce has been planted widely and comprises 52% of the Irish National Forest Estate. He went on to explain that the eight-toothed spruce bark beetle has the potential to cause significant damage to Ireland's Sitka spruce-based forestry and timber industries if it ever becomes established in our forests in Ireland. Listeners are reminded that the 20th Positive Farmers Conference is taking place at the Radisson Blue Hotel, Little Island, County Cork, on the 16th and 17th of January 2019. Mr. Brendan Smitty, Dairy Advisor, Chagask, Knock Griffin, Middleton in County Cork, joins us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme. First of all, Brendan, welcome to the programme. Now, I understand you have details of a number of very important events, including a tillage seminar. Yes, John. The first one, the spring tillage seminars are being run now. Look, the, the first one is on this Tuesday night, the 15th of January, in the Silver Springs Hotel. Um, the speakers are Eamon Lynch and Michael McCarthy, Chagask Advisors here in Cork East, and Kieran Collins, the tillage specialist. And they will be covering all aspects in terms of crop planning and margins for 2019, um, cereal varieties and sowing rates, and obviously crop nutrition and integrated, with integrated pest management. So look, all details in, in relation to um, basically tillage crops, uh, tillage growing. Um, so, and there will be a further meeting look um, on the twenty. Tuesday the 22nd, the following Tuesday night in the Munster Arms uh, Hotel in Bandon. But, uh, so it is this Tuesday night anyway in the Silver Springs Hotel uh, for, the, for the Tillage Seminar at uh, 7.45 sharp. That's wonderful, and that's uh, going to be of great interest to people indeed. Now, turning to the next uh, seminar on the horizon, and uh, I'm sure there are many people will welcome the opportunity to talk about uh, beef and how they can maybe finally make beef pay, but There's a beef seminar scheduled, so you have details now of our second seminar on the list, a beef seminar. Yes, um, John, maximising farm resources. So it's on in the Boherbui Community Hall um, at 7.30 this Thursday, the 17th of January. That's the Boherbui Community Hall. Um, And again, topics will be, we'll say, best management practices on the better beef farms and uh, being covered by Alan Dillon, the beef specialist. Uh, there's James Flaherty, uh, a farmer from Castle Island, and Gerard Maxweeney, a farmer from Mill Street. And the other topic being covered uh, on the night is contract heifer rearing, um, which uh, Tom Curran, the farm structure specialist, uh, w- will be dealing with. So that's this Thursday, the 17th of January, at 7.30 in the Boherbui Community Hall. And being the time of the year it is, uh, calf events, you have details of some upcoming calf events you'd like to remind our listeners about. Yes, uh, there's a calf care event in, um, on the farm of John Kelleher, uh, Terrelton McCroom. 
on um, next Friday, the 18th of January at 11 o'clock. Um, now, there'll be speakers from AHI, from Chagas, Volek and Dairy Gold. So again, look, I suppose very timely at this stage of the year before the calving season kicks off. Um, issues dealing with all aspects, I suppose, of, of, of calf health and calf rearing um, and handling and transport. So that's on the farm of John Kelleher, uh, Terrelton McCroom, uh, on Friday the 18th of January at 11 o'clock. And you have details of a contract heifer rearing meeting at Fernhill House Hotel. There's a contract heifer rearing meeting um, in the Fernhill House in Clannacilty on Tuesday, uh, the 15th of January. That's this, this Tuesday night, the 15th of January at 730 so again, look, there will be a speaker from the, the, the Department of a vet from the Department of Agriculture, Tom Curran, farm structure specialist. There will be then a dairy farmer and a contract rarer farm, both giving their opinions, I suppose, and their experiences and how, how, how things are working for them. So look, um, that's that contra- contract heifer rearing information meeting, the Fernhill House, uh, Clannacilty, this Tuesday, the 15th of January at 7.30. So Brendan, turning to slurry, slurry spreading dates... Yeah, I suppose, I suppose, first of all, the dates, John. Um, the dates, I suppose, given that we're do- in County Cork, um, Cork and Waterford, uh, Tipperary down here, will be the 13th of January is the opening date. And Kerry Limerick, uh, which will be the Zone B, um, will be the 16th of January. So like County Cork, as I say, is, is, is basically the 13th of January, and the Kerry Limerick is the 16th of January are the opening dates. Um, I suppose, look, given the year that is in it, we're probably... Animals have been housed a little bit later, so there's maybe not, not as much pressure on slurry tanks at this stage. But um, again, look, with, with good weather, to be an opportune time to get some slurry out. Um, look, obviously, recycling slurry onto some of the silage ground, um, you know, is, is in terms of an, ide- an, an ideal uh, nutrient replacement in terms of the, 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 the silage crops coming off. I suppose one of the bigger issues that's out there this year um, is that with, with the mild weather we've had, um, there is a lot of grass on farms. Um, and you know, I suppose people look. They just need to walk land and see what areas are suitable suitable for for slurry spreading. But again, I suppose look, conditions are very very suitable for getting slurry out from, from we'll say from next week onwards once the dates open in in, in the relevant areas. Um, one thing to bear in mind that the buffer zones increase for the first two weeks of the opening season. So as I said, just to to to, to stay back um, to stay back further for, for, from water courses um, than at this time of the year. And before we began broadcasting at all, you were warning there, Brendan, that, you know, in terms of watching the weather vis-a-vis slurry spreading and uh, the use of dribble bars and trailing shoe machines to minimise any possible grass contamination. So watching for grass contamination vis-a-vis slurry spreading. Start for Cork is the 13th, so Cork is the 13th and we'll say Kerry and Limerick is the 16th. Thank you very much, Brendan. So turning now to grassland management. And I suppose, again, just as we've alluded there on the silage side of it, uh, there is probably has been a, a significant level of grass growth over the winter on many farms. There is probably more grass on farms than people maybe um, think that's out there. So, again, it is a question of kind of going out um, walking the farms and seeing what covers of grass are out there. Um, the, I suppose, look, it is becoming opportune with fertilizer dates opening and people considering kind of going out spreading um, some nitrogen and things like that at this stage of the year. Um, if there is a just, uh, I suppose, just a caution that where there is a lot of grass on farms, that people would bear in mind the level of fertilizer that they would spread in relation to turning out animals 
um, and utilising the grass that's there. So we probably need to be a little bit more aggressive um, in terms of grazing ground once we start grazing this year um, to, to, keep, to keep the slightly heavier covers under control. Again, I suppose bearing in mind that in some scenarios um, silage pits and silage stocks might be um, limited on some farms and again it's a question of using the good weather for those farms maybe be to be more proactive in terms of spreading some fertilizer next week when the, when the dates open and i suppose look at this stage of the year we're talking about that kind of half bag of urea um equivalent kind of being spread at this stage um which is sufficient nitrogen um, to, which is sufficient nitrogen level to grow to, to grow grass currently. Um, so it is for people to take stock of their own situation in relation to silage stocks, um, land type, and you know dry land and wetland obviously have their own limitations. Um, so it, it, it is a different place compared to where we were this time last year. So that's uh, grassland management. Now turning to planning in general, just getting ready, I suppose, for calving, getting ready. So in terms of planning and uh, things that people should be planning for, to tie in with what we were just speaking about there in relation to grassland. One issue is for people look to kind of go through um, silage pits and we'll say quantities of feed that are left on farm at the moment and to ensure that, uh, you know, that there, there are sufficient stocks and if contingency plans need to be put in place to deal with those at the moment. And that will re- revolve around maybe turning out some animals, you know, a little bit earlier, spreading fertiliser. The other issue, I suppose, that's coming into play is just, you know, again, along with looking at the, at the land, to look, go through the sheds and look at the body condition score of stock. Um, on many units this year, people have fed maybe some level of, of supplements with silage in terms of stretching silage. And again, just to ensure that you know, animals maybe not, aren't getting over-conditioned at this stage. So again, it's just to reassess basically the stock in, in pre-calving um, you know, and heifer wanings, um, etc., just to make sure that things are, th- things are going as, as they should be from there. Um, I suppose just coming back to the general look, it's the calm before the storm for the dairy, in the dairy sector pre-calving. And again, look, it's just kind of going through, I suppose, calving facilities, um, just making sure that everything, you know, gates are hanging properly, where stock are moving around, that everything, you know, is gone according to plan. Getting facilities, I suppose, in tow. And again, look for supplies, um, you know, as I said, navel dips, colostrums, um, you know, uh, we'll say calving jacks, ropes, etc. All, all, all those small things, again, just to go through, look and do a checklist that everything is in tow before the season kind of kicks off. And the health and safety issue, very important to have your safety plans in place. So health and safety, some general warning notes there on how to stay safe and avoid getting a crippling injury or be part of a fatal accident. I think, look, at this stage, it's important that people look, just have a plan of action in place. Again, down to the detail of maybe knowing, look, having going to go through their calving. I will say their calving reports, our calving plan reports in terms of what what kind of numbers of animals are likely to come at them and prepare accordingly for that. You know, have routines set up. I suppose look look after themselves from the point of view of look at getting a rest, getting a break, you know, as I say, and being conditioned to, to kind of to deal with the workload when it comes in. And I suppose having the necessary, I suppose, extra staff, um, you know, properly trained and like as I say knowing the layout of the farm that they can kind of as I say fall in and support the farmer as required so I suppose look it's about putting a plan in place 
um, look, as I say, dealing with the big, look, dealing with the bigger issues and having, you know, as I say, ha- having the plan to deal with those. Um, look, the staff and the routine and kind of a roster and look, trying to get get, get a chance to get some bit of a break, as I say, b- we'd say before the season kicks off, but again during the season that looked at, that that everything that that everything will work, you know. In a, in a manageable fashion, um, that that they can deal deal with the work that's being being, being thrown at them. Thank you very much indeed, Mr. Brendan Smitty, Dairy Advisor, Chagask, Knock Griffin, Middleton. Thank you very much indeed, Brendan. Thanks a million. That's, that's great, John. Thank you very much. Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk program, Mr. Morris Walsh, the ICMSA North and East Cork Chairman Chairperson. But a very important meeting was held to alert farmers to what is perceived as a very serious bovine TB risk based on reports of infections across uh, Cork County and indeed in the wider field. So, Morris, was there a good turnout on the 10th of January for the meeting you organised? You called it an emergency. Yes, John, a very successful meeting that happened in McCroom uh, last Thursday night, the 10th of January. Yes, uh, to answer your question, full house, it was very, it was great to see that the extra seating had to be put in place by the hotel staff just before the meeting took place. Large number of people came from the four corners of the County of Cork to uh, hear this very important uh, discussion, what I would call it, between the Department of uh, Agriculture and Food and, of course, local farmers in the area. What were the main points that emerged from this meeting? Did we find there was a big connection between wildlife and outbreaks? Or what were some of the findings that would have given farmers a clearer picture? Because all we know up to now is that farmers are really mystified as to how these outbreaks, these flare-ups can occur in parts of the country. And we read there at one point, a farmer reported back in October last where his 100 cow herd, now he wants to remain anonymous, but he reports that his 100 cow herd were depopulated, they were removed due to a TB outbreak. Figures really was astonishing from uh, our two main speakers, which was, of course, Mr. Owen Ryan, a senior uh, veterinary inspector with the department, and also uh, Colm Ford, also a principal officer with the department. Um, really, was it was frightening to hear the statistics, uh, especially for the County of Cork. Of course, County of Cork being responsible for the 25% of uh, milk produced within the country. And that's where, of course, where all the large herds of uh, dairy cows are situated. Um, 500 herds of, of cows at the moment are now um, restricted because of TB. 500 herds, John, is a lot of herds of cattle or cows, whatever the case may be, uh, in the county of Cork alone. What's causing it? That is the big question. OK, it, uh, they have narrowed down reasonably well, of course, as a... As you know, and I've been told you already, this now dreadful disease hovering over uh, farmers with Ireland with the last 50 years or more. And uh, now it's a time, of course, it is time to rationalise and get rid of uh, this, uh, eradicate uh, the word we use to get rid of this terrible disease. What's happening? What's causing it? Yeah, look, listen, um, it is wildlife, unfortunately, and uh, the badger is being blamed, even though uh, deer has um, been uh, blamed as well in certain areas. But... On this occasion, the department are not really concerned about the deer, even though, of course, it was a it was deer that was caused that all that, that terrible TB outbreak in County Wicklow, uh, even up to the present date. But badger seems to be the the problem in County of Cork. Um, what's happening on the ground? Um, there's lots of work with the Department of Agriculture and Food and Fairness now, and these two eligible young lads that are on board with the department, Owen Ryan and Colin Ford, they um, they've gone to. Certainly lots of lengths to see can they get this problem sorted. 
Now, how can farmers prevent this? Um, really, you can start by tomorrow morning, several different aspects of preventing this terrible disease. Feeding cattle out in the field for number one, that can be causing, of course, you're spreading it um, with the feeding of, we'll say, concentrates on the ground. Make sure that all trucks are raised up off the ground, including water trucks as well. Um, Another thing is what uh, that came to my mind as well was, of course, uh, vaccinating badgers um, that are causing this dreadful disease. Vaccinating has, is taking place that is in several parts of the county. That's going on as well. And there is lots of new programs as well that uh, can hopefully get this problem sorted. But at the moment, it's a big problem in County of Cork, um, where, where all these big herds of cows are. 500 herds of cows, as I mentioned already, is a large number of herds that are affected. Figures from various reports in the agri-press um, statements made by people whose animals had uh, been found to be infected and taken away. But one set of figures showed that about 7.4% of TB outbreaks were caused by cattle introductions. Now, your own president, uh, the president of the ICMSA, Mr Pat McCormack, he said it's vital that the history of a herd would be known when you are buying animals in. It's vital that you would know the history of the herd because I refer to that one anonymous person, his herd of 100 cows was wiped out. He said for 20 years... He'd been working building up the herd and over that 20 years he had never bought in animals. So you have there the connection with um, wildlife and possibly buying in animals. And as you refer there, it might be surprising to some people, but there isn't a very strong connection with deer apart from the Wicklow situation because we have figures there which showed that 16 deer from County Clare were tested recently and none of them had TB. Other cases, over the past 18 months, they'd tested 74 wild deer from across the country, and only three of these had TB. That's in the Irish Examiner Farm Supplement of uh, Thursday, January 10th. I'm just reading that. You have to advise farmers how to avoid this horrific disease and the vaccination of badgers and having secure fences and trying to avoid contact with wildlife, trying to avoid, if at all possible, feeding meal outdoors. Yes, that's right. And, and a couple of points, a very important points that farmers can take on board uh, straight away. You've mentioned uh, boundaries and hedge, hedges and stuff. Make sure that there is at least, uh, you know, that the, if your neighbour... God forbid, of every case may be, um, that has been affected and you haven't, the first thing that a farmer should do is check his boundaries and his ditches. Make sure that the cattle are from either side of, of the, the fence cannot meet at any one point because it can even be, it can be transformed through breath or uh, it cows, you know, smelling each other's noses, whatever the case may be. So that's step number one. You mentioned already concentrates number two, okay? Um, now, I know that you mentioned our, our president, Mr. Pat McCormack, um, mentioned that uh, all farmers, you know, should be notified of, of, of uh, if you have been contaminated with the disease. Now, we've heard, we heard actually on Torres Night two, signs of the, two sides of the kind where, um, you know, okay, that's great if you're buying in. But we heard, um, it was actually a, a lady speaker whose herd uh, has been affected and now she's tied up. Uh, because of this dreadful disease, and she's finding it, she'll, she'll find it very hard to sell her stock. So there's two sides of the coin, really, that, that can, you know, like, it, it is harsh for a farmer that 
has been affected by the disease. And I can understand uh, that ladies uh, call for help when she's trying to sell her stock. Now, remember that she's uh, tied up with the last maybe... 12 months or more with her herd has been uh, um, restricted. She's got a large number of cattle now she wants to sell, but unfortunately, she's going to find it hard if, if her name is up on the board in a market, whatever the case may be, uh, telling other farmers about uh, the, her um, misfortune with the terrible uh, TB breakout in her herd. So there's two sides of the kind for that. And uh, I can understand that lady's concern as well, but definitely, yes, that farmers should be aware of um, buying in stock um, and uh, if at all possible, you know, try and, try and buy stock that hasn't been affected with TB. Um, there's a couple of more years in this, hopefully, that we can get it, uh, uh, you know, eradicated and sorted. The government has set a date of 2030. And that's not a long uh, creeping up on us, but I am very, um, you know, happy the way the department are going about it. Um, unfortunately, Michael Creed um, wasn't there on the night. He was invited, but wasn't there. But I have, I've, I've got great faith. And on the two lads now that are over this TB issue that's in Ireland, that Mr. Owen Ryan and Colm Ford, who spoke very well on the night. The numbers you gave for infected herds in Cork is pretty frightening. Yeah, yeah. In the county of Cork, John, you have 500 herds. People don't, didn't realise that on the night, that there's 500 herds in County Cork, from West Cork to North Cork to East Cork. There's 500 herds of cows now that's, that is restricted at this present time because of the terrible outbreak of TB. Um, we heard uh, lots of people telling different stories, but we heard one very personal, um, you know, upsetting story that the poor farmer had been, um, you know, affected by the disease and he went back to his last generation and um, the tears came when he told us of his story of his two uncles and his aunt, died of this terrible uh, disease because it can, of course, affect uh, humans as well, even though that's very, very curable. Um, but it is out there. I'd, I'd caution all farmers, if they do have an outbreak or if they're suspecting an outbreak, please don't feed um, the milk to younger calves and certainly use pasteurised milk in, in these circumstances because it is contagious. It's out there. Um, we're working on it with the Department of Agriculture and Food and the Irish Creamy Milk Suppliers, as you mentioned already, John, has now highlighted this. We're going to work on it, and there's no point in we putting our head in the sand, so to speak, or closing our eyes. It's time now to eradicate this terrible disease and uh, move on with what farmers do best, definitely in County Cork, producing 25% of the milk production in Ireland, uh, farm and farm well. So we can say the meeting was a success insofar as at least the farmers turned out in great numbers. You had to have extra seating brought in. Farmers can get advice. And you have, the, as you've said there, these two excellent people from the Department of Agriculture, including the veterinary supervisor, Mr. Owen Ryan. He again pointed out in an item quoted in the Irish Examiner Thursday, January 10th, he quoted in terms of Kerry. He said that of 39 wild deer tests in Kerry in the past year and a half, only one had TB. So we must be careful to avoid uh, uh, looking at the wrong targets. Now, Wicklow is a special case. Apparently in Wicklow there's a vast population of deer and it was found in County Wicklow that 16% of deer shot had TB and the same strains of TB were circulating in cattle, badgers and deer. So we have to modify and be very pragmatic in dealing with the wildlife question. And plenty of vaccination of badgers would be progress, I imagine. 
And also, John, I'd like to point out as well, because we did have a large number of people in their hundreds, would you believe, in, in McCroom on Thursday night. But if you could not have made this meeting under for um, unforeseen circumstances, I'd, I'd encourage you, please, to ring our office. Uh, that's the Irish Cream and Mix Suppliers in John Feeney House Foundation in, that's in Limerick. And uh, Mr. Paul Smith is our officer down there. And uh, he has all the answers as well. So we can actually meet with farmers or they can come to meet us, whatever the case may be. And um, Paul Smith is a very approachable guy um, that he can help farmers if they couldn't make the meeting last Thursday night. Don't worry about it. We'll be doing more of these because this is not going away and the Irish Criminal suppliers will definitely work on it until the whole thing is eradicated and done and dusted, John. And again, Morris, you've spoken, you've given praise to the department and apparently now the TB Forum, the TB Forum will be analysing the costs and benefits of the TB eradication programme and... They point out initially, the department say the programme has cost um, 84 million in last uh, year before last 2017, funded 42 million from the Exchequer, and farmers had to cough up money 32 million and 10 million from the European Union. So the TB forum, but again, if you have a phone number and you want to issue that invitation again to any farmer who has the slightest doubt about TB. Our, our officer, which covers County of Cork, and he's a Barry O'Keefe, and uh, Barry, his number is 087, he's 16220049. Now, Barry is, is based in um, in Cantork, which is, is, is relatively uh, near to us in the North Cork area, covers all of the County of Cork, and uh, Barry will call to you, and he will explain if you're worried or you're concerned about the uh, TB. Uh, Barry O'Keefe um, is the man to talk to. So Barry O'Keefe, once again, his number is 87 And Barry is only a phone call away. And uh, he will, uh, you know, issue, uh, if there's any issues that farmers want to, are concerned about. You know, for instance, uh, you spoke to me, John, about um, farmers now, um, if they wanted to get fodder from a, a herd that's infected, he will advise farmers on that. There was also concern about maybe zero grazing. He will advise you on that. So there's all different aspects that uh, Mr. Barry O'Keefe can, can uh, approach and uh, he can arrange to meet with us. And uh, if you wanted to, you can call the office and uh, station there is uh, Paul Smith. Now, the good news is, John, and I just want to bring, it's not all doom and gloom. So Australia had this terrible problem as well. They are now rid of t- TB, tuberculosis, um, going closer to, to ourselves here within Europe Italy are, are nearly there. Spain have only a small percentage. Holland, for instance, are down to, um, I think there's only 3% at this stage. So it's, we're getting there. The wheel is turning in the right direction. But Ireland just has to do a little bit more. Farmers will have to do a little bit more. And the organisation that the Irish cream milk suppliers, we're on it. We're going to do more as well to get this terrible dreadful disease um, you know, rid of once and for all. Thank you very much indeed for that report on your recent meeting covering the emergency situation with uh, TB, bovine TB. Mr Morris Walsh, the North and East Cork uh, chairperson, chairman of ICMSA. Thank you very much indeed, Morris. Thanks a million. Thank you, John. Mr Aidan Brennan, dairy specialist with the Irish Farmers Journal, looks at the forthcoming Positive Farmers Conference planned for 16th and 17th of January 2019 at the Radisson Blue Hotel, Little Island, County Cork. This will be the 20th Positive Farmers Conference. Uh, thanks, John. Yeah, it's, it's a Positive Farmers Conference. It's on um, the 16th and 17th of uh, January. 
in Cork, a little island uh, in Radisson Blue Hotel, little island in Cork. I suppose, as you say, it's, it's the 20th anniversary of the conference that's been running out for the last 20 years. It's a really good uh, networking event. It gives people an opportunity to to take a step back and, and think about their business and also to refresh the body and mind uh, coming up to the busy calving period. So, as I say, it's over two days. We've, uh, we've about seven or eight different sessions on between the two days. Excellent speakers. We've uh, John Roach from New Zealand, who's um, a former researcher with Dairy NZ. He's currently working for the government, and he's going to give a lowdown on future environmental restrictions and regulations that are going to affect farmers. So we're hearing lots about climate change and greenhouse gas emissions. John is, is at the cutting edge of this. He's going to break down the, the, the numbers involved and, and, and the phrases involved and put in the farmer speak and tell us how we're going to manage for the next 20, 30 years to be dairy farmers in light of the future in terms of environmental regulations. So that's just one session. Obviously, we, we talk a lot about, um, about, about profit and, and how to farm profitably and, and grow the business. So we have uh, we really good uh, farmer speakers, such as Pat Hickey from Kilkenny, uh, but he's now he's farming in Roscommon. He's going to talk about how the, their family have grown their business from, I think, the 50 cows uh, 50 years ago to 2,000 cows today. So massive expansion. But it's not all about expansion either. We have also had the um, Millerick family from Tipperary, and they're gone one today milking. For further information or booking arrangements, www.positivefarmers.ie. And that's our programme for this morning. I'm John O'Connor. Thanks to John Foot on Controls. And as always, a very special thank you to you, the listener, for tuning in. Next Agri-Update on Wednesday evening between 10pm and 11 Have an enjoyable weekend. Farm Talk with Dairy Gold Quality Feeds. Trusted by generations of farmers. Dairy Gold Quality Feeds. Putting your animal nutrition needs first. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.